0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Do you use your GPS to go everywhere like I do? Well, if you plug in New York to L.A., your GPS will tell you it's a one-day, 15-hour drive. So how in the hell did three young men pull that off in a record 27 hours and 25 minutes. Home and home, a radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's home in Pennsylvania on a Thursday, home and home. And we both remember the great movie, The Cannonball Run back in 1981. Let's be honest. Ross probably does not. He's Probably too young to remember the classic Burt Reynolds film, but I at least do. It was based on the drive from coast to coast, Ross. Do you remember Cannonball Run? Are you too young to remember the Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, Roger Moore, everybody else that was in that classic?
1: Not only do I not remember it, Dave, (laughs) I never even heard of it until we got this guy coming on the show. Not only do I not remember, I Uh, never even heard of it. I don't know anything about it. You're like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Let's get Doug on the show, Cannonball Run, Uh, man. I was like, okay, uh, sounds good. Well, I get it now. I I get it now. Like, they drove across the country. That's cool. (laughs) But no, never saw the movie, never heard of it, don't know nothing about it.
0: It's one of my all-time favorite movies, 1981. I am, I guess, a bit older than you. So that's the movie. That's the fiction. Why is it Let's so great? To-
1: what, what's so great about it?
0: It's hysterical. I mean, Burt Reynolds is just hysterical. Dom DeLuise is this crazy character. Roger Moore is in it. Uh, Little Richard is in it. It's uh, you know fights and classic lines and hot chicks and shenanigans across the country. There is nothing not to love about the 1981 classic. I just 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 check it out if you can. But that's the fake deal. Let's get to the real deal. Doug Tabbitt was one of the three young men who broke the record driving from New York to L.A. in 27 hours, 25 minutes. That's an hour faster than ever before. Doug, how you doing, my friend? You are probably way then too young to know anything about the movie from 1981, but I assume it's requisite watching before you do the actual thing, right?
2: Sure, and before watching the movie, like any good movie, there's a book behind it, and that is a prerequisite to all things Cannonball, to read Brock Yates' book, which he wrote in 2002, chronicling the real Cannonball race upon which the movie was based.
1: Okay. Why is it called Cannonball?
2: Sure. Uh, So there's a guy who in 1915 started setting Uh, coast-to-coast records, usually sponsored by manufacturers, and his name was Irwin Cannonball Baker. So uh, he set over 140 records during his career, and Brock Yates wanted to beat his last record, which was set in 1933, L.A. to New York, in 53 hours. And so he revived this race and named it Cannonball based on uh, Irwin's nickname.
0: So, what's kept it so relevant and going on for all these years?
2: (laughs) Well, it it disappeared from uh, the public eye. It it really disappeared completely between 1983 and 2006. And Alex Roy wanted to prove that even in uh, modern traffic with uh, modern police tactics, that he could go faster than they went back in the eighties because Brock Gates said nobody could ever go as fast as they did back then, especially with all the traffic that's on the road now. So he essentially revived interest in it after he broke the record in 2006 and then subsequently wrote a book and, uh, did a documentary as well. So after that, it kind of revived the cannonball fever and there's been a lot of underground races and a couple of record sets since then.
1: What's the uh, what's the route, Doug? What, what do you take, I- I-80 West? Like, what, what's the route?
2: Sure, so it's less about the route and it's more about the starting and ending points. The classic New York to LA race starts at the Red Ball Garage in Manhattan and ends at the Portofino Hotel in Redondo Beach, both of which you'll see, uh, I'm sorry, in the movie they start from Darien, Connecticut. But um, you'll see the Portofino Hotel in the movie. And those are the classic start and end points. And those are still in existence today. So that makes it real easy to do a proper cannonball. You start at the Red Ball. You end at the Portofino. And as Brock said back in the day, the only rule is there are no rules.
1: No, but so, my question is, what route did you guys take? What Like, what's sure. considered the fastest route?
2: So... Historically, people took the southern route, uh, which is down through Oklahoma and Texas and New Mexico. Um, That was considered the fastest route. We decided to take the northern route across I-80. We know it better. We figure there was less traffic, less construction. Um, Weather was a little bit riskier, but it ended up in our favor. So we took the northern route.
0: And you averaged 103 miles per hour for an entire day driving. I've seen a lot of the video, and there are Mm -hmm. police in a lot of the videos, so I assume there was some sort of arrangement where they know you're coming, and they agree not to pull you over, provided they think you're somehow driving 103 miles per hour safely, is that correct? How does it work?
2: Absolutely not. It's a clandestine effort. Our goal is to fly completely under the radar to not really draw anyone's attention, including law enforcement. Um, Mm. So nobody knows we're coming. That's the whole point of it. And uh, we have a lot of countermeasures in the car and spotters and binoculars and all that. So we hope to be alerted to any potential law enforcement entanglements uh, before they know we're there and slow down to the speed limit.
1: Do you, so, do you, do you, uh, go ahead, Dave, so, but, but I swear,
0: Doug, I've seen you pass cops in some of this video. W- was that not from the actual race?
2: Um, no, that was, but you know, we were passing, um, we were passing them at, uh, at the speed limit, you know, they may have had oh. uh, speed, speed trap set up or something like that. But again, unless they catch you and say, oh, well, we got you on radar, then, You know, it's just another car going by. I mean, they got thousands of cars passing them all the time. So,
1: All right. So, Doug, tell me the logistics. Like you said, spotters and all that. So what car are you in? And you got three guys in the car. And how long do you drive for? Give me like the the, uh, play-by-play.
2: Sure. So the logistics start long before the drive itself we need to pick the route we need to pick the right weekend we need to pick the ideal departure time we have spreadsheets that show us uh, our ETA to each city Um, and uh, so we want to avoid uh, traffic and we have about we had about 18 scouts lined up in separate vehicles going ahead of us so we had to line them up for the right time to spot for us we had to pick gas stops based on our estimated range. So we had gas stops about every 600 miles. We had to orchestrate those gas stops so that we could be in and out as quickly as possible. Uh, so oh. everything was rehearsed. We were practiced as a team. Um, and then once we get out on the, on the road, it's, it's really just driving.
0: All right. I, I got to ask, adult diaper?
2: No. We uh, we take bathroom breaks uh, when we stop for gas. That's part of the the orchestration of a fuel stop is being able to get all of us to the bathroom while we're fueling.
1: All right. So then, my question, Doug, is, tell me about the guys. Tell me about the three guys, married, kids, like, cause, and that that'll lead to my follow up question.
2: Sure. So Arnie and I uh, were the two drivers and, and the, the planning behind all this um, it was really Arnie's kind of brainchild. He built the car and put all the, the effort into it. Um, so he is married with two girls. Uh, I'm married with a, a stepson and Berkeley, our spotter, is 22 and single.
1: Okay. So then the follow-up question is, what did your wife say about you guys doing this a just being gone for the weekend let alone endangering people and society
2: sure uh well that's a common assumption and a fair enough one uh based on uh the numbers but uh, i don't believe we endangered anybody but uh that's a, a, a an ongoing debate certainly um arnie's wife i think just kind of rolls her eyes at at all of his antics um she's certainly supportive she knows he's a a good and safe driver um my wife is a rule follower to the t she's not a fan of anything that is uh willingly i guess breaking the speed limit uh even though she fully admits she doesn't drive the speed limit uh really ever as as i guess most of us don't but um You know, her concern, obviously, everyone's concern is for our safety. I mean, going out on the highway is is dangerous no matter how you look at it. There's, you know, what, uh, 40,000 deaths on on, uh, U.S. roads every year and and many more uh, times that uh, just accidents, fender benders, stuff like that. So any drive on the highway is dangerous, especially across country. Um, most people's assumption is that the faster we go, you know, we're being reckless or, or more dangerous, but, uh, our counterpoint to that is we are a hundred percent focused on the driving itself and in a properly prepared car that's built and made for Autobahn speeds with professionally trained drivers and a hundred percent focused on the road ahead and other drivers and potential risks that we are in fact safer than the average person going out there who's drowsy, who's texting, who doesn't really want to be driving and isn't paying attention, who has bald tires, you know, all the other things that contribute to less than optimal situations.
0: Doug, there is no question. You guys are safer than 75% of the drivers I see out there on the highway every day. Just for kicks, the last time I went shopping with my wife, I said, "I'm while you drive, I'm gonna count the amount of people texting while we drive." It was at least three quarters of the drivers on the highway. It's terrifying yeah. out there. It, it uh, is, as bro. for the road, yeah. As for the road trip, now for me, there's two essentials of a road trip: the tunes and the snacks. What were they?
2: Uh, the tunes were uh, chatter from the police scanner and the CB radio. <laughs> Uh, the snacks were uh, very minimal, actually. We, we don't eat much on the drive. The less we take in, the less we have to uh, uh, expel. Um, so really just some protein and granola bars, um, some chocolate-covered espresso beans, a few energy drinks, a little bit of fruit, and some nuts. I mean, that's, that's really it.
1: Um, so then my question would be, did you guys get any nap or fall asleep, or you just all caffeinated up for the whole 27 hours?
2: Sure. Um, our adrenaline and focus keeps us going most of the way. Uh, we took a couple of cat naps. Uh, I got the most sleep because in uh, Colorado, we were stuck behind a sheriff at like 55 miles an hour for about an hour. So I took that oh. opportunity to fall asleep.
0: So what do you do when you're parked, when you're stuck behind a police officer, the rest of us are losing our mind. I hate when I get stuck behind a cop, you don't like alter the route then and try to get around that guy. You just got to deal with it.
2: Yeah, there's there's really no alternate route um, unless you're in a city that has, you know, two ways around it, but uh, it's it's pretty much, you're just, you're stuck there. And it's oh, super have... frustrating because you can see your average speed dwindling Yeah, like, every 10 minutes or so it goes down a 10th and you're just like, come on.
0: That's like me watching the meter and a taxi cab in New York city, just making me crazy. What's your job that allows you to do this? And what is it like driving around on a normal day with the rush that you got for 27 hours during this drive? It must be really boring.
2: (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, no, I, 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 enjoy driving, um, even at the speed limit, uh, my business is buying and selling high-end cars. It's called switch cars. So I get to experience cool cars on a daily basis and, um, cars are fun at, at pretty much any speed, uh, especially older cars. I have a lot of cars from the eighties and nineties that aren't crazy fast. So they are a lot of fun and a good driving experience, even at, you know, just normal speeds around town.
1: So you might've just answered it, Doug, but my question was going to be so like, so what, like, what, what do you get out of it? What's the point? And is the point just the uh, personal sense of accomplishment or has there been value in it for your business because you were able to just plug it on this show and other shows?
2: Sure. Uh, There's certainly good exposure for the business. Uh, Obviously, it's tough to measure any conversion from that. Um, I've had dozens of clients that I haven't spoken to in a long time reach out to me, and of course that provides uh, new leads and opportunities. Um, Other than that, it really is just personal satisfaction. It's, It's a challenge is kind of born into people who are nuts about cannonball. And it's one of those things that we want to prove to ourselves that we are able to do this, that we're the fastest cannonballers out there. And, you know, obviously it's it's gratifying as well to receive the accolades of others, but, you know, that's not why we do it. We do it because we want to do it.
0: Okay, so what's next? And knowing that you were behind a cop, For an hour, I assume you're determined now to break your own record.
2: Not at all. Um, There's always variables and always things that slow you down on a drive. And, you know, if we weren't stuck behind him, something else might have gone wrong that would delay us further. So there's always something. um, You can't drive 2,800 miles without having uh, traffic or something that will delay you. Uh, no matter what it is. And I don't think with another five tries we could go faster. And even if we could, it's not worth it. Uh, we did what we set out to do. We set an incredible time. Um, we did, I think, the best that we could with the team, the equipment, uh, the weather, and all the variables, and we're happy. So we're we're retired. Nothing, uh, nothing beyond this.
1: All right, last one, Doug. Uh, so what did you do when you got to L.A.? Did you like celebrate and have beers? Did you uh, go to the airport and fly back or did you just get there and say, all right, well, that was cool. Let's go drive back.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's pretty anticlimactic because, you know, in the movie, there's a huge party waiting for you and everybody, you know, drinks and parties all week. Uh, we just kind of got there. It was quiet. It was the middle of the night, and we walked around and took some pictures and chatted with a local cop who happened to be patrolling the parking lot. And uh, as is Arnie's tradition, we went to Denny's. And as is my tradition, I fell asleep at, at the table because once I'm done a cannonball, I'm I am cashed. I put everything I have into it, and then I'm, I'm out. So.
0: I love it. Doug Tabit pulled off the world record, 27 hours, 25 minutes in the 2,800-mile drive, the cannonball run. Congratulations, sir. Appreciate the time.
2: Thank you guys for having me.
0: Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the Radio.com app.